0: Maybe it was that her name was so common. Or maybe it was because Teresa married a man named Winnipeg. Or it might just have been a wanderlust. Whatever inspired Teresa Night Eagle when she delivered twins at the Bogashiel Indian Clinic on Valentine's Day, she named them Paris and Milan. Teresa and Winnipeg brought the twins home the day they were born because the clinic turned them out for lack of bed space, so they claimed. The night eagles' neighbor in Cedar Grove Trailer Park peered discreetly through their windows, surprised to see not one, but two infants, one blue bundle cradled in Wynne's solid arms and a pink bundle held in Teresa's mindful embrace. Within minutes, telephones rang off the walls all across the trailer park, and soon the men gathered down on the beach. In spite of a drizzling rain, and a dank chill weeping off the breakers, to smoke and to gossip about Wynne Night Eagle's midlife potency. In her third week of nursing, Teresa developed a breast infection, and Wynne drove all the way to Gray's Harbor for her medication and a breast pump. That was just like Wynne, macho as he acted most of the time, driving such a long way for Teresa, for the babies. Wynne adored the twins maybe even more than he adored Teresa. Or maybe you shouldn't compare the two forms of love. At Gray's Harbor, Wynne parked his pickup at Bartell's lot, got out, hitched his jeans higher up on his narrow hips, and went inside Bartell's. Without hesitation, he walked over to the feminine products aisle and began searching for the brand of breast pump Teresa had mentioned. Pump ease. Wynne wasn't the only male working his way along the feminine products aisle. The other was a white dude, fortyish, with ragged blonde hair, and a stubby beard, unkempt, wearing loggers boots and a plaid flannel shirt over shabby jeans. Wynne thought the dude's green eyes looked glazed over, and they put him in mind of a female praying mantis he'd seen last summer in the woods, behind the trailer park. Wynne had never seen him before, not around Gray's Harbor or anywhere else. He didn't look rural, even in those clothes. Wynn guessed he might be another aging urban grunger over from Seattle, a dude with money but no sense of personal hygiene. The part that bothered Wynn the most was the way the dude just lurked there in the aisle. Not really searching for a product, more like loitering, although he pretended to study the lady's douching supplies. So when Wynn located the Pumpies model Teresa wanted, he got out of the aisle and headed for the pharmacy counter to pick up Teresa's prescription and pay cash for everything, all the while feeling a cold chill at his back and a sourness in his gut. The stranger spooked Wynne, like any feral-eyed stranger would. The twins thrived on Teresa's milk flow. At three months, Paris resembled the Pillsbury Doughboy, except that his hair was thick and coal-black, his skin the burnished shade of agates on Ruby Beach. Paris resembled Teresa through the forehead and eyes, but both twins had Wynne's rosebud lips. And two, Paris had Wynne's small ears, and he had a port wine birthmark on his left foot, a lot like the one Wynne had on his right hand. A flat pigmentation, copper penny size, just a big freckle, nothing to worry over. In fact, Wynne's mother used to say that's how she identified Wynne in the hospital nursery among all the other little Indian babies. One look at that copper penny on baby Winnipeg's right hand, and his mother knew she had taken the right baby home from the hospital. Milan, who weighed more than Paris at birth, acquired less fat than her brother. But her hair grew in thick and straight, and dark as midnight. Both babies slept peacefully through most nights, although once or twice Milan awoke in the wee hours to practice singing. Milan, more than Paris, was gregarious full of spark and guile, and Wynne felt sure the girl had a future in show business.